1: It is the weekend, I'm recording it just as the news is broken about Minamino, so we'll talk about him, we'll talk about Salzburg, we'll talk about Watford, We've got Kieran Molyneux in, we're going to be talking about all the boss events that are coming up, uh, both boss and boss in every single sense, uh, everything to come for you this week, uh, but we will start this one off by saying Minamino, Rob Goodman. you just happened to be in the office with me at the time, and it's fair to say you've come alive, you're, oh. f- you're far what? too frisky for a man of your age. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh Neil, what are you like? Um, yeah, and I've got a banging hangover as well, uh, but it's really, really lifting my spirits. I was. I was actually. You walked past, and I was on the phone, and the news broke via Paul Senior and phoned me up straight away, as all good friends should do to break and transfer <laughs> <and he was laughs> the transfer news. Christmas. He, he's amazing.
3: He?
2: Honestly, if you'd said to me, "There's news. Liverpool are going to sign someone, anyone in Europe, apart from like the totally unrealistics like a Messi or someone like that," I'd go, oh, "Please, can we have that, lad?" Can yeah. you sk- you, you know when you think you're a clever scout, but also the rest of the world is. We all, we all yeah. saw him at Anfield, whenever it was a month ago. He was good, isn't he? That that little fella up front. What's his name? Actually, made a real point of learning his name. It's quite a hard name to learn as well until you've learnt it. But and uh, now it's but, paid know,
0: off. Now it's paid. All, all my hard, work, all my
2: hard work's paid off.
1: Some will Teach it to George if you sign him.
4: Oh. It is uh,
1: Kev. You know, it is. We'll talk about that game. That's one of the things we are going to talk about. But one of the things about that game is again he didn't. I thought Hwang impressed as well I thought it was, I think it's really interesting that there's a lot of chat about Haaland and he's obviously going to be a hell of a talent and he scored a lot of goals but both times we've actually played Salzburg, Hwang and Minamino have been the two I've come away going these are proper
3: footballers yeah 100% as we've just joked off here you, you go through the positions Minamino can play and it's basically everywhere and you go through his major bonuses and he runs a lot and you're like Klopp must have been like. <laughs> Klopp is just looking at him thinking yes please I'll have uh, as many of them as you can go and get me
2: he's made him in a laboratory <laughs>
3: Players. If you could, that's exactly what he'd make. Isn't yeah. he? He's not. He's not massive. So you're not thinking. you thinking he can't jump. I'll guarantee you pounds <laughs> to pennies. When Henderson puts a ball on his head, maybe he can jump 48 That's the head
4: ball, Liverpool players that Mane especially like yeah. the, 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 the He's, he's playing the league in the air, like and, he, and he's he's tiny. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah.
3: Honestly, that's that's exactly what he'll be like, guaranteed. <laughs> and it's just it's just that one, another one of them things. Like, like I joked with with Rob upstairs then, like because obviously all Liverpool fans have got a little bit of fatalism in them. I was like, I hope this isn't our Fostino's fear moments for Newcastle all the like years ago, but I don't think it is. And I think it's probably perfectly timed when you look at listen, Bobby Firmino was a wonderful player and we all absolutely adore him. <coughs> but I don't know whether he looks like he needs a rest or a shake up or whatever it is, but it looks like it needs something. And Miramino looks like that could he could be that something.
4: We do need another option off the bench in terms of in terms of a striker. We got Origi, who we know is an impact player, and we know can make a difference, mm-hmm. but there's times where, where, where you start to Regan he doesn't look effective and stuff yeah. like that. So if you have an injury to Firmino and you've got to start to Regan and it's not working. You do need to be able to change it and someone like that does seem to fit the bill of a, of a proper Liverpool player. I think... Spot on from everyone said so far, Dan. I think the one thing to add
1: is that he is 24 and Liverpool don't buy players just for six months. They don't buy players just to have a bit of an effect. And it does make me think, well, he's 24 years old and Liverpool might be having a little look at him and thinking, you get him in now, he gets five, six months to acclimatise, get used to everything we do, and then you've got him ready for, for next season. You know, Liverpool are very into the long-term planning. For seven million? For seven million.
5: Well, that's the, that's the big thing, isn't it? You don't get, these days, a top attacking talent for seven million quid who plays in the Champions League it, it doesn't really happen and then on top of that he already looks really good just wait until Klopp gets hold of him I mean Mane was a good player at Southampton now he's one of if not right now the best player in the world after Klopp's got hold of him same with Salah good at Roma gone to another level at Liverpool getting this kid for 7 million quid and then Klopp getting him playing the Liverpool way he can play a number of positions right across the front three attack a midfield I just it's like, it is literally a free hit.
1: It's I, I, The fee is almost, you know, Rob, if you just said it was 25 million, we'd all be saying, good God, we feel as though we're getting something here and also we could well be worth that and, or whatever. You, the idea that Liverpool can pull this off for seven, seven and three quarter million pounds is remarkably old school. The idea that there is that much of a diddle in it for the Reds.
2: Yeah, it's hard to know. Yeah, I mean, oh, that's the first, the first thing you've got to say is that's a ridiculously low fee. But even if we made him nearly our best paid player and that won't be the deal, but even if he's getting something nuts because he's on that such a low fee, like 150 a week, it's still, even if you sort of allow for that premium, it's never a transfer that's more worth more than equivalent of 2025 anyway. So no. if, he, if he is the player he looks to be, He's either a total mirage, <laughs> which and Klopp's very stupid, and they literally did what I did, and went, I've seen him twice, that's good enough for me. Scared the thing. life out of me. There's a part of me that thinks they do do that.
1: You know, uh, like They've got the lads back in at half time, even, and gone, he's like, how good do you think he is? Minimum, just, yeah. like,
3: min, min, min Mark, just yeah. get him, just beat him, I don't care. Yeah.
2: I, 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 don't, I know if we sign him, it's gonna, Klopp's going gonna to go, yeah, obviously, I watched him since he was a baby, um, and <laughs> all this that shit, and, and I'm going, no, you didn't. <laughs> you like I saw him be brill against the Reds and thought you're definitely one for us uh, maybe we turned his head
5: at half time and that's why we just kicked on second half yeah just yeah. gave it a little nudge a uh, little
1: hug at the end for works I, What I love Kevin it's not it's not, it's never scientific this but I love the, the first thing I always do whenever we get linked with anyone especially an attacking player is I go and look at the numbers and here's an attacking midfielder who you know five seasons ago 40 appearances 13 goals 31 appearances 14 goals 43 appearances 11 goals 41 appearances 14 goals this season 19 games 8 goals Firstly, those numbers are tending to go in one direction yeah. on a goal per game. But the other thing is, as well, is just when you're talking about attacking att- attacking players, the first thing I just always want to know is, does he stick the ball in the back of the net regularly? Yeah,
3: yeah exactly. And you, you, you mentioned Manny before. and His numbers, I would imagine, if you had a look at them for his time, at um, Leipzig, he was at, wasn't he? Not, no, he's at yeah. Sorry, yeah. Yeah. Would be right, right, there there about similar. And I wouldn't have mind them betting the Southampton numbers are not too dissimilar as well. So as you said with Klopp getting on to a player like that, he looks at what they're doing now, but he's very much looking at what he's going to be doing after I've had him for, as a 24-year-old, he's probably thinking a 12-month time period. But even if you look at the likes of Andy Robertson, who was a baby, and he gave him 18 months, didn't he, and kept him out, and now look at where he is. Look at Fabinho when we signed him, he's a £45 million player with one of leagues, was in the Brazilian squad didn't play a game effectively for six months, but then come in and was doing all the things Klopp does. It makes them the best in the world at the position. So Minamoto's obviously got such a high start on ground there. And once, he get, once he's working with players of the likes of Salah, Mane, St-Alexander-Arnold, Van Dijk, that raises your level anyway. But then you're working with the best coach in the world and the best coaches around him. It's a, it's a hell of a level he's got to go to.
1: And he's 1-3 in, in Europe as well, it's worth putting that out across his last three seasons. And he's 1-2 in at international level for Japan. So that's enough being excited about Minamino, uh, but there's a lot to be <laughs> excited about. Let's talk about the fear. Um uh, Kid and at what point of the game against Salzburg to just stop having the fear because it was, a, it was a bit of a mad first 15 but then I thought Liverpool just took control of it and it was one of the best performances of the season
4: Definitely it was a shaky first 15 minutes it felt like it was going to be another one of them last game in the groups where it ticks down to the wire and you're biting your nails towards the end of the game but I think this Liverpool side just side just showing what we all know is when they really want to turn it on you can turn it on and, and once we'd settled ourselves and, and it was the second half for me the start of the second half they come out and it's just like Mm. wow they just turned, and turned the screw yeah. and they look stronger they look faster than the other side they they look creative they didn't panic I've said this as well I've said this when a Villa I've said this where every time we've scored late like, this season we're not panicking we don't look ever like a Liverpool team that's going to get can allow the fans to get on the back we don't look like a Liverpool team we're going to look at the clock and I'm, remember the Carragher article where he, where he said about um, Maxi he <laughs> yeah. scored at Bolton years ago and he'd had um, Hodgson had been set and trained enough to have seven attackers onto three defenders yeah. to put to fill Torres with confidence. And when we scored late, the reason why we were still pushing is because we obviously been we'd had all our attackers onto a small amount of defenders. Fast forward, Klopp's now got nine attackers versus eleven defenders playing a game where you've got ten minutes and you're three one down. So when we scored that goal at Villa, the first one, it meant nothing. It's not like wow, we've achieved something, it's we've still got two goals to go. Yeah. It's installed in the brain now. And I think you can see how the, the confidence in, in their ability on the pitch, their confidence in their ability, in the manager—if it changes, everyone's on the same page. The confidence thing I think is really interesting, and the the, the surety. And for me,
1: it's almost summed up. And listen it's partially the personality of the player, but it's Salah's goal where he's yeah. missed Rob, he's missed two, three really good chances. Let's be honest. I mean, yeah. they're not they're not they're not absolute sitters, but they're, they're notch below. Yeah. And then he gets the toughest opportunity you could conceive <laughs> of, and he does that. And 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 he, he was almost laughing himself. I think at the ridiculousness of it. But again, that shows that at the minute this Liverpool so comfortable in its own skin yeah. so relaxed and that's what I was pleased to see
2: yeah I was delighted I think it what it shows is, is a player who's been overthinking it it, showed, it shows two things it shows his quality because the chance he had to do the instinctive finish he provides a world class finish that other players can't do that when he gets the sitters, the relative sitters, because he's in a slight vein of anxiety, I think that he's not scoring enough this season. A little, little voice in his head made him, makes him hesitate, slide, and makes him overthink it, and that's why I think he misses the sitters. I think, but having I mean, said that, getting this goal should serve his confidence well and should put him back help to put him back in the zone where he, where he finishes everything <laughs> I think there have been little signs he looked look like the old Mo recently I like the one, the, the moment at Bournemouth at the weekend where he, he just got a bit of space on the right hand side of the box opened his body out and went to bend one in the top corner do you remember he didn't quite get the lift he usually gets but I thought yeah. I hadn't even seen you try one of those for a while he
4: was doing it week in week out wasn't he about 15 yes. months ago two years ago like, yeah, the, he was, on the road to Kiev he was literally opening his body up on the outside of the box every week and found in the top corner wasn't
2: he he had a system whereby he was facing his defender up, shimmying those mo hips, and 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 then opening his body. He's up Using the, the defender to go to bend it round. Yeah, he was creating that opportunity for himself week in week in week out. And you know we saw it at Bournemouth. We didn't we didn't exactly see it at Salisbury, but it was a, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, he gets in the perfor in the positions to miss those sitters as well. You have to give credit for that.
1: Well, that again is the other thing that you got to see in the Bournemouth game, and you get to see in this one. Kev is to me, I, I love seeing him up against the centre half, and his body's up against the centre half, and he's looking to roll him, looking to turn him. You know. Th- he starts off on the right but I think at times he can end up feeling a little bit trapped there but against Bournemouth you know the number of times he's got his back right into the central Mm -hmm. defenders and I'm wondering if part of having Keiter over on that side is liberating him a little bit to feel as though he can come in a little bit more narrow and he can play just a bit more between the sticks
3: Yeah I think having Keiter there he's the player probably in our team the most who benefits from Keiter when Keiter's on form because they just seem to have that it's like a because we're a team full of world class players but there's some players where you can just tell. It's times nice out of ten. It's little tiny players like Salah's quite small and Kaisers, for a Premier League player, is tiny, isn't he? They've just got that little extra bit of magic in them. And you've seen it with Kaisers' goal on uh, against Bournemouth. Obviously, the back heel is lovely. But even now to Kaiser's finish, like he stroked it with the outside of his right foot, but it's only from seven or eight yards into the into the side net of the goal. Really nice finish. <laughs> with Salah, it's I think, as you said, Rob, he doesn't when he doesn't have to think about it it's because he he doesn't have to worry about anything else it's just that like, let's just do what I need to do and it's done so it, it goes in for him that goal of the day the other chances he just tenses up ever slow like. mm. and when you're a player who plays on rhythm like he does tensing up even like 1 or 2% like he obviously is you off that much so I think it, it's going to be a th- with Sally one of those times where you go he's having a little bit of a bad run of form, no problem and he'll just play himself out of it
1: Just on uh, Keiter got mentioned there as well Dan and it's two performances from him now two cracking performances uh, two goals as well you can't ask for any more for for a player coming back in off the back of an injury At the time the timing
5: couldn't be more perfect as well if he turns out to be the nabby Keiter that we thought we were getting at this time in the season Fabino picking up In this season as well In in this season yeah with the run of games that were coming it's it's like i am I'm gonna put the lottery on this weekend, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like we're already new signing. Yeah, we're battering everyone every week. We start looking a little bit laggy, a little bit tired for gets an um an injury, we all start to worry a little bit, Oh it's alright, there's a sixty million pound lad who's just gonna to decide to start being a sixty million pound lad going into this period. It's just him either. It's players like Lalana as well. You yeah, expect exactly. to
4: come back in the side and be like, oh, this is this is going to be the season where everyone ends up getting on his back. He's our scapegoat for the season. No, he's Boston. Shaqiri again Shaqiri, in the derby.
5: Yeah. It's like a perfect time for Kaita, And he, he offers something different, I think, than everyone else in our midfield. He just runs, drives the ball forward, plays a lot of vertical passes. He never, ever panics on the ball wherever he's got it on the pitch. I think... Um, even against United away, when everyone was flapping and the game's getting a little bit longer, it's him who just grabs it at the edge of the box, puts his head up, puts it down the side, and the ball comes in and Lalana scores. So it's just perfect timing for uh, for him to start in form, and I thought he was really, really good on uh, on Tuesday night, and he, he actually set Salah up for a brilliant chance in the first half as well, where he had no right to keep that ball there, I don't think.
1: There's being complacent about the lads you've already got, I think last two, three, four games, Rob, and certainly under these pressured circumstances, because it is worth remembering Liverpool should have theoretically been under pressure in this game against Salzburg. It's away from home, it's a tough arena. Van Dyke and Henderson again just mm. just look they genuinely now look like you know, people who've got an unbelievable amount of experience, an unbelievable amount of experience of winning, which is true, which is the case, you know, we don't mm. have to apologise for this. <laughs> they just they, they they come out, they play their mature, seven, eight, nine out of ten game and they just dominate the field.
2: Yeah, I, I think yeah they epitomise how this Liverpool team um, is just gaining experience at, at a faster rate <clears throat> than is reasonable to expect. They, they're able to go, we've been through a game like this, we will use this in this game. I, I just love the composure in the box in our first 15 minutes, which I, you know, if I'm, i know Van dyke epitomise it. We've all watched Liverpool for the last... Two, well, I've watched them a little longer than you boys, but let's say even the last 20 years. You know those moments where the ball goes dead in the box and you think just a fucking red leg... A red leg somewhere to, to 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 boot it far as far away as possible. Um but Van Dyke stays very calm, Lovren stays very calm, and they just Easy away, and Henderson was the same because he was there in the thick of that action. Actually, I thought as the game went on, he got better and better. Yeah. And finished our best player.
1: It's really interesting with Henderson. I completely agree with Rob. First fifteen, I was a bit like, "Where is he? Can we can we get a grip of this in midfield? Where is he? Where is he? Where is he?" And then for the last sort of hour of the game, I'm like, "Henderson's playing really well here." And sometimes they just need a bit of time to settle into the way the game's going to play out.
4: it's Definitely, and I always worry when Henderson has a 10-15 minute spell like that because I know like, through experience watching Liverpool that people are quick to jump on his back and people yeah. are quick to go, "Why is he even playing?" And even though he. Just- just lifted the European Cup for you, you know, what I mean? <laughs> like, and he's played well now, like solid for like two years. you Know what I mean? So yeah, like I said, when he, when, when I worry when he, has, when he has a little period like that, but when I watch Jordan Henderson now, you mentioned it then Van Dyke have this level of almost superiority. Sorry, the um, they know how to win, and you mentioned it then when they've been in games before. Mm. It's like they've got football and brains. These people, and you can tell that's why Klopp has liked Henderson from day one. He's got a football and brain. He tells them something. He tells him once. Mm. and he learns it and he puts that into batch why he's a little captain he learns it and he tells people what to do, and he's got a tactical brain. You can see that and he adapts to games. They
1: do. They work. I mean, the last little thing on it, really, Kevin, I think you get to see it again. Salzburg, they work it out on the pitch again. And to me, that's you know, the, you can say, Oh, they work it out at half time, but it, it's not even half time. They've worked that out themselves, first 20. And I think you just get to see that by about 20 minutes in the cold light of day, having a little look at it back, having a little look at the numbers. Salzburg barely land a punch after about 20 minutes, and they know themselves. And that to me is the most impressive side. All the way through the week, I was saying the problem with this Salzburg side is they're not going to stop they're going to keep finding a way they're full of youth and exuberance they've got Minamino you know all that all that sort of stuff but then what happens is football and gravity just takes effect there and it's as though by the time we go 2-0 up there almost shaking hands and saying you know what you're better than us
3: yeah well the, the thing with that is players like Van Dyke and Henderson so you can take them two specifically and you look at fans like and you say, about the first fifteen minutes or so, there's a couple of chances where he just puts the afterburners on and, and does what needs to be <laughs> done in a really calm controlled fashion. So when that happens to a centre half, you can tell when it's when it's working for them. You said there Neil about Henderson having to play his way into a game. As a central midfielder playing against a player as good as Minamoto, you're gonna have to worry you're you're already gonna have to put yourself in a game, aren't you? And you have to figure out how it works. So it might take you that 10 or 15 minutes to figure it out, but it takes Henderson 10 or 15 minutes to figure it out. It'll take an other, an, any other midfielder or a lot of other midfielders a game to figure it out, and he might not get there by the nineteenth minute. Yeah. Henderson gets there after 20 because he's such a good footballer. Now, we get a lot of stick because, again, a central midfielder figuring a game out doesn't necessarily come to the conclusion where you go, oh, I can see what he's doing now. It, co- it might come to the conclusion where Jurgen Klopp is... taking him off the pitch on his shoulders because he's doing exactly what he's asked him to do and he's the one that he wants him to do but the fans might be looking going but why isn't he putting this ball here or whatever it is Jordan Henderson as you just said Kieran has been playing well for two years and in games like that you need a Jordan Henderson someone who's going to sacrifice his own game for 15 minutes to find out what needs to be done and then get that done
1: alright dead quick uh, before we move ourselves along uh, Dortmund Leon, uh, Atletico Madrid Real Madrid or Atalanta who do you want? Atalanta Atalanta. Leon. That's the Leon because you think it'll be the easiest. Um, and a great way. <laughs> Okay. Yeah.
2: I mean, who are Atlanta? i watched Atalanta Atlanta playing at
3: the San Siro, and it's the last chance you'll get to go. Oh, is that yeah, one? That's I'll, why everyone's
2: on the. On, oh, is that why they're on that, the, the they're on that tip? Yeah. Okay. I watched Atlanta against City, and Atlanta were they weren't too bad actually. They've got so. the
3: six most points in Europe in the last nine months, so they're good. They're a good team, but nah. yeah. no, no, won, I won won. the San Siro isn't
2: No, no, I want
1: the San Siro. I suppose so. No, but I fancy Burnley It's unlike Rob Gutman not to go for the Brutalist masterpiece. That is the San Siro, but we are where we are. We'll move ourselves along. Loads to come on the show. Loads to come. Indeed, I'm talking to Kieran in a few bits. Uh, John's got some uh, indie disco action for you as well. Uh, we've got uh, Adam from The Athletic to talk about Watford. He covers them all the time. We'll be back talking about Watford in a second. Got Kieran in. Uh, you've heard him so far on the show, but we're just going to have a chat me and him for a second or two about everything Boss are up to and everything that you're up to, Kieran. It's going to be a,
4: a big, big time for you in Qatar. Yeah, it's crazy, mate. I mean, you thought that we might have peaked in last season with some of the stuff that we did, you know, going around Europe. and. The- Fan parks in Madrid and stuff like that, but we keep on moving and it's a, it's another massive show. It's 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 in a country you've never been before. It's in a country Liverpool I've never been before. It's a um, it's, it's an amazing experience really to go out to Qatar. I mean, I, mean, I remember when I was younger, Liverpool played in Japan no far. I was only twelve, thirteen years of age. I remember thinking, imagine what it's like watch Liverpool to a country like that. And I think Qatar is a pretty pretty similar setup, isn't it? You know what I mean? It's a it's not a million miles away. Obviously, it's only a five, six-hour flight, but it does feel like like out of our comfort zone. You know, it's
1: something we never done before, and I think that's the reason. why you know, in general, the idea of winning the whole thing and all of that. You know, we'll talk more about it as we get closer to. But as part of that, when you support Liverpool, there's all the history of all the stuff that we've always done. Yeah. This, this for me is something that we, you know, we don't get the uniqueness. We don't get to be the first of anything no, really. really. But this don't. is this is an opportunity
4: to be the first. Yeah, I mean, like I said this after Madrid. All my life, growing up as a kid, I was told that. I missed the best years of Liverpool, I missed the best teams, I missed the best managers. Teams used to come to Anfield trying to keep the score down. We never used to get beat. All these things and then I was going watching Liverpool, seen seen some trophies, seen some good sides, but never anyone who was that elite, that far ahead. And this team now is, is seems to be matching it result wise. It's won a European Cup and it's got the chance, as you say, to be the first to win a World Club Cup, which is it's great, isn't it? Liverpool World Champions. I imagine uh, exactly. Can't wait. So you're, doing, you're
1: going to be on twice. Uh, yeah, yeah. The, 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 the fan park starts to keeping rolling, and it's not quite as Liverpool specific
4: as it has been in the past, but it's very heavily Liverpool influenced. Yeah, it, it's it's four days. It's like a four day music festival, basically. It's going to be two days of like LFC stuff and two days of non LFC stuff. Obviously, Jamie will be playing. I'll be playing. Um, T Street band will be playing. Tim will be playing. Um, we got. Taking the Cabin Beatles over, picking Ben Beck over, it's a massive Liverpool lineup. Um, but we've also got space in the Lightning Seeds, which is just massive in it. I mean, like. Got so many hits, the Lightning Seeds. Exactly. When
1: you when you see them play play live, you're like, "Oh, I know this one. It's yeah. a It's a Belter. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I know this one. It's a Belter." of they played
4: ten songs that you like, and you're like, "How's this happens Exactly. Especially going up in like the nineties, the myself. Okay. There's so many st- songs that, as you say, you're here and you think that Lightning Seeds as well. <laughs> yeah. right that as well. Yeah. But yeah, mate it's it's it, that lineup's just absolutely insane. I keep saying to Nico and Sean from Boston, JJ, we're open Mike Night from Renshaw Street initially. You know what I mean? <laughs> and we just bought the Lightning Seeds and we're playing playing in the desert in Qatar. It's just it's, nuts it is nuts but you're
1: still doing stuff not necessarily on Renshaw Street but around as well there's a big boss night after uh, after Watford yeah. taking advantage of Christmas cheer Uh obviously sold out sold out very quickly I'm sure Uh and
4: then looking to do some screenings as well yeah I mean we we done the Olympia show at the end of last season it was massive I think I think boss night now is just too big for district which we the place that we did call home for a long time but the appetite for it's huge. Everyone wants to get in. We've done an Olympia show last year and it was a massive success. We had John Power playing and stuff, didn't we? And it was it was huge. So yeah, we're doing it again. It's sold out instantly, which is insane. I say we talk about doing the fan parks and stuff like that, but the Olympia is the second biggest venue in the city, mate. It's yeah. like it's a huge space, it's drenched in history and some great bands and artists have played there, but yeah, we're back there again on Saturday. It is fully sold out. Um a great lineup again, you know what I mean? Absolute spacer on there. Um, but I can't wait for it but the screening is also in the Olympia yeah for those who are not going to Qatar meet, we've got a um, the screening of the World Club Cup uh, final um, in the Olympia on a massive screen but the the thing is it's we've got a family balcony now which we've never had in any of our events before so yeah. the middle balcony is going to be for families who can't come to the event for the first time it should be a great occasion if anyone who's not going to Qatar it should really be the place to watch it if you're not going to Qatar it's going to be full of red. you know like I say a massive screen and a massive game a chance to be world champions Brilliant stuff uh, I'll be overseeing, seeing uh, looking forward to it seeing Kieran and seeing everything that's going on
1: in the fan park if you're going over to Qatar do let us know uh, it'd be nice if we all get a little bit of a meet up and a drink together and all that sort of stuff uh, settle ourselves down and look forward to what should be a fantastic time following you,
4: Liverpool You did mention drink there that's something that I should have mentioned really because we can't drink in the fan park Yeah um, you know obviously everyone knows the culture out there and stuff like that and the questions around it but yeah we can drink in the fan park and not only that do you, when we first sort of this went into motion you look at the average price of a pint out there's like 17-18 pound a pint but we've managed to do some negotiation. and we're going to get a, a subsidised pint rate to, in the fan park so it should build 5-6 pound a pint so um Yeah, great news it is
1: great news Uh, a lot of work goes into this don't think it doesn't uh, it doesn't just happen Uh, these things don't just happen I know a lot of work has been done by everyone uh, around Boss in order to pull this one off uh, and set up a great time not just for Liverpool supporters and not just for people from Liverpool but for anyone who's travelling to Qatar for the game I think it should be a very welcoming atmosphere Uh, wherever anyone supports it should be very much about a little bit of a celebration of supporting really good football teams and supporting the game of football itself Uh, thanks to Kieran for coming in but he's going to be back on the show in a minute anyway so why am I thanking him you're going to and talk about the game
0: coming up against Watford and it is the last fan standing quiz and it is John Gibbons and last fan standing is a quiz app that we've got involved with. we've done a little bit of hosting and we are hosting again this weekend so what it is is they do a a general knowledge well general obviously Liverpool footy knowledge quiz every night at 7 o'clock that you can play and you can get involved with and it's good fun and it's completely free and then at the weekend or wherever Liverpool play uh, because that that could obviously vary and varies a lot over the next couple of weeks a few weeks um, there's a predicted quiz and that's three hours before every game where you can play and if you if you download the app you get free tokens or if you've used those you can buy them but you can win cash prizes and quite a lot of Anfield app subscribers have won uh, including me before uh, before I started hosting so I wasn't allowed to play anymore but I know quite a few of the guys have won some decent amounts of money on it and I'm enjoying it as well it is meant to be a laugh and testing your knowledge uh, we've got a little Anfield app group on there so get involved it's the last fan standing app uh, download it uh, and yes yeah. How you get on. It is good fun. Um, and we're gonna do a bit of a demonstration now. Um, and we've got Joey Muddy on the phone uh from Ireland. Um Joey, welcome. Thanks very much. Whereabouts in Ireland are you from, mate? Uh from
6: Dublin.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, I've heard of that. Um yeah, I've yeah. heard of that one. <laughs> um, have you
6: been...
0: more now places. <laughs> have you ever um, been to any of the shows we've done in Dublin?
6: Yeah, I've been to a few of them. All
0: right, I know there was one originally out in Bray. Oh yeah, Sugar Club there last year. Yeah, the, the Bray Five Hundred, uh, famously. Uh, yeah, that was that was that was a funny night. Yeah, the, I I like the um, yeah the, the Sugar Club. That was uh, it. Felt like an old old kind of working men's club. I felt like I should be doing slightly blue comedy in there, but uh, yeah, it was good fun. Good location for one, alright. <laughs> Certainly. Um, okay, so you'll know how it works by now. Basically, you carry on until you get one wrong. Um, so that's how the Last Fan Standing quiz app works, and that's how we're going to work as well. So, um yeah, so we'll get going. Okay, so it's all kind of general knowledge, Liverpool stuff. Um The first one is about Saturday's game against Bournemouth. So who scored Liverpool's third goal in the 54th minute of the Bournemouth game on Saturday? Was it Salah or Kaita
6: It
0: was Salah it was yeah that's a tough one isn't it because they both scored but Salah got the third (laughs) one good going okay Uh, number two who is Liverpool's longest serving manager by matches Bob Paisley Bill Shankly or Rafael Benitez we go pays me it's Shankly mate oh only one only one for Joey I, don't, I won't even <laughs> <laughs> oh dear uh, never mind eh? but it, it was it was a tough one uh, obviously you know both of them kind of long stints long stint at Liverpool but Shankly never mind uh, but anyway before we go you're confident for the weekend I mean it's only Wofford is yeah, absolutely. I have to, I have to be watered, don't we? Yeah, yeah. But top v bottom. Surely a home banker, but we shall see. OK, thanks a lot to Joey for playing. Uh, we'll get you some merch out in the in the post, Joey. Yeah. And um, hopefully hopefully it's time for Christmas. And yeah, do download the Last Fan Standing app. Uh, I'll be hosting Friday at 7pm, hosting the the general footy quiz, uh, similar to what you've just heard then. And then the, I'll be doing the predictor quiz on Saturday as well to win the cash. But uh, thanks to Joey. Um, back to the show. And it's John Gibbons now for the weekend. I'm delighted to be joined in the studio um, by some friends and musicians. We've got Elvis Costello and we've got Ian Price, who's joined them as well. So, uh, gentlemen, welcome. Good to be here, hey, pal. Um, we're here to talk about a few few things, um, but mainly uh, the tour you've got coming up next year, Elvis. I was going to say you're back on tour, but it feels like you've been pretty much sort of constantly on <laughs> tour for the last few years. You've been a you've been a busy man.
7: Well, that's what we do, you know. We we, we, we we've been touring. We um, we we haven't played um, a, quite such an extensive tour as this one with the Imposters. The uh, the last tour I did was was, was with the uh, Detour Show, which was a solo show. Yeah. Um, so this is the first time that we've really gone round uh, theatres from, from, you know, from sort of Southampton up to up to Glasgow. You know, and uh, of course the best thing about it, uh, it is that we're opening in Liverpool and we're playing a venue I've never played you know, we're playing the Olympia. Yeah, that's February 28th. February 28th and, and even better is Ian's going to be opening up with us. Yeah, I mean, we will go to
0: that now because you brought it in. It must have been a a bit of a thrill for you Ian. I know you're a big fan of Elvis's work and you're a big fan of of playing live generally and so to, so to get the nod, how long did you have to keep a secret for? Uh, Too long. (laughs) <laughs> me
8: too. <laughs> no, I I, all I could think of was was the fifteen year old me, yeah. going into the local uh, uh, record shop in in Little Sutton and buying Oliver's Army. Mm. You know, it's and not what, not how that he much
7: might've... younger than me. <laughs>
8: yes. yeah. But how I would have felt, you know. Yeah, it was on re-release. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it was so that, and it,
7: and Elvis is an
8: old friend, and he's been incredibly generous to me for nearly twenty years now. Yeah. So. Uh, just so excited! I got to be honest with you.
0: Yeah, yeah I mean it's, it's 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 a full UK tour, uh, Elvis, and as you say, it's it's well, it's, it's,
7: it's you know uh, that used to be on my bus route home from school when I went to school. Uh, the Olympia, yeah, it's on West Derby Road, right? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah it was. On, I don't remember the number of the bus, but I, <laughs> I know where it is. You know, my, my mother used to dance uh, in the Grafton when she was a girl, and. Uh, what was the what was it called before after it was called the Olympia? What was it? it was called the Lacano. Okay. And then it went back to being the Olympia. It was originally the Olympia when it was a circus. So we haven't got any elephants or anything. Else. <laughs> They've
8: still got but, 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 under but, the stage, but, haven't they?
7: But Ian, I, yeah. Ian's said he's going to do his trapeze acting. <laughs> without a net. Yeah. He's, he's been going to the gym. I wonder what that was all about. I yeah. wonder what that was yeah. all so about. He saw that movie with Kirk Douglas in it. You know. I'm going to wear the loincloth, though. I'm up yeah.
0: for doing that. <laughs> so you mentioned he'd been some, doing some stuff
7: alone and then, and then some stuff for yeah, we, we were, In the summer, we went out with, in America with Blondie, which was... When they first told me, that, you know, they were planning that one, I said, I wasn't sure. It sounded like it was a bit of the old end of the pier kind of thing, <laughs> you know, two new wave veterans. You know? <laughs> uh, that wasn't for me, really. Yeah. And then, you know, agreed to do it, and Debbie, uh, Deborah, as they call her now, Debbie, uh, was so great. You know, her attitude to it was like, I wouldn't have done this if we weren't doing new songs. Yeah. And she would get ready, and and you'd, you, know, she, every day she had the most extraordinary outfit on, you know, it was like, <laughs> And she's just such a good spirit and I ended up really enjoying it and we did you know We just did one coast and a couple of out, out west and then we've just finished five weeks with with the band That we'll be coming in with you know with that pretty much. We'll play that That kind of show. I mean every play it's called just trust that's all which means mm-hmm. You've just got to trust us what that we're going to play what you want to hear We're not going to promise anything in particular. Yeah. It's not based on any one record. It's not based on a, it's not promoting a new record Look now, which we put out last year, did great, it's, didn't it? has got great songs on it. Some of which we've played live, some of which we haven't even got to yet. But that's true of every record. We've got so many songs to choose from. Just try and make a guess at what you know. People want to hear some, you know, the the well-known tunes, and just try to make make sure it doesn't sound like a you're a robot that you went into it sort of without earning it. That's that's really the thing about playing well-known songs is if you creep up on them then they sound better. You know? <laughs> so you've played them a few times, so you need to surprise yourself if you're planning on surprising the audience. You know, Is it about keeping it fresh for you as much as I anything? I think it's essential, otherwise you will start to sound like you're reading from an old script, You know, and we are not. We don't want to do that. And we pull songs out, and I'm really lucky because, obviously, occasionally I do count off songs and turn around and realise Davey Farragher, who's been playing bass with us now nearly 20 years, doesn't know that song. But it's something deep, deep, deep in the catalogue that, Pete and Steve and I played in the attractions you know but um, he picks it up pretty quick and likewise uh, Kitten and Brianna our singers are fantastic you know they pick I'll I'll say fancy doing this song tonight and we'll learn it in the afternoon and put it in the show and that will be the top number in the show you know
0: yeah and um, I've been lucky enough Ian to see Elvis a few times over the last few years and as he says it's not it's not nostalgia it's 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 something in front of you that that's exciting kind of now and he's, he's a great live performer isn't he and and you're gonna have to you have to be good mate if you want to uh... <laughs> Kicking him <on> the table. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying you're gonna have to be good if you know you got Elvis coming on after you well
8: I, you know um, I, I see our job uh, uh on the tour is to is to tickle the audience and get them super excited how uh, tickled so, I am yeah, <laughs> yes, indeed for what's coming next because um it, the where I came into this was because of the the great conviction singers you know when when I was really young and listening to Elvis and Joe Strummer and Paul Weller and it was, it was like a seismic for a young lad because there's no musicians in my family. You know, there was nobody I could turn to to play, unlike Elvis, who is, you know... There's uh,
7: only musicians.
8: Not a real yeah. job amongst them. <laughs> so I was like remotely controlled by these fellas with their songs I go, what does that mean? You know, so, um, so I've never been anything else other than just full-on conviction when I'm playing, so we're going to give it everything we've got to warm them up. I'll be it,
7: it's great cuz I mean Ian's got amazing songs and and in Liverpool you know he's got songs that absolutely mean the world to people so like but everywhere you know it's 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 going to be I think it's going to give a great spirit to the tour I'm looking for and it's and it, cause as you as we're going out on the on the internet here you know I mean it's not just Liverpool it's Lisbon yeah. is it well you I know.
0: will do that now um, because as, you, as as Elvis rightly points out we have fans all over the world as yeah. well it's not not just <laughs> these rock stars here um, yeah. so we do start at the Olympia it is sold out February the 28th uh, that very first one and then uh, the tour goes to Southampton on the 1st and from there to Nottingham to Sunderland uh, to Glasgow to Sheffield to Blackpool to Blackpool. Edinburgh Blackpool Blackpool's Blackpool's the at the that's the one that Winter that's, Gardens that's, that's a great place. that's theater. the
7: one you've got to be at Blackpool's <laughs> got to be the best show of the tour. I'll come to Blackpool? Blackpool. I, uh, Blackpool means a lot to me. My dad used to do six weeks in the summer in Blackpool. Wow. The uh, first time I ever, I ever played with my no, the only time I ever played behind supporting my dad was in Blackpool. And uh, I went up there, he let me, I was like 17, I went up there to play guitar with him and the organist gave me a note and uh, I think he did it deliberately, he gave me the wrong note. You know, and I didn't have a pitch pipe or anything like that or a tuner in those days. Faithfully tuned up and when the band started to play I realised it was a semitone out with the band. And in those days there was no way I could I could I was working from chord chats, there was no yeah. way I could adjust. So I turned my guitar off and completely mime the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs>
0: But this one's
7: which, going to be better. Which, which when you think about it? was p- perfect preparation for when I got on top of the pod. Because <laughs> like, you know, they never let you play for real on no, those. Yeah. So really, it was the best education I got. <laughs> but no, I have a feeling about that one. I've got, like, I think, I, it, I mean, for one thing, people travel there. They travel to, the, to a place like that. If you're smart, you'll, you'll make your way there. That's the one where we're going to set fire to it. After the first night.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm sold. I'm going to come uh, after Blackpool. Uh, The Winter Gardens is great as well. I do something every year. They have the Northwest Brass Band Championships there. Well, it's Uh, that as well. Have you played there, John? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, It's (laughs) part of that, yeah. So, uh, so, you know, all all the big names have been on. Um, Then on from there, it's uh, Edinburgh. And then Manchester with the Palace Theatre, which is a great space as well. I haven't played that one.
7: I've never played that one. The Palace. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that because I've done all, all, all the other venues in Manchester, you know, like including the ones that are now hotels. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then uh, the Ventum Apollo in, in London, um, that feels like it's going to be The Apollo is the, the 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 old Hammersmith Odeon. Oh, right, okay, right, which yeah. we, we, we have done over the years. I yeah. haven't played there for a long while. You we, told me like, as well that
8: you you were at the famous Springsteen show.
7: I was. I was at the famous uh, the future rock and roll show at, in '75 at the. Wow. And I, and I and my mother took me to see Tony Bennett when I was a kid there with Duddy Rich. So I mean I've, that one is a venue I've known all my life. You know? So you
0: know your way around there. Are I that do. It, then it's on to Oxford yeah. and Cardiff and Birmingham uh, if you want to have a look at those shows. Sunderland, Sunderland Empire haven't played Sunderland
7: for forty years. Wow, that's four four p.m. March third. Yeah, that's over. a that's a that's a that's a wild one. It's like a you know a proper old the ones I like are the Vaudeville theatres. Yeah. That musical type of place. Yeah. That, that's where I feel the most at home. Yeah. But we'll play anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> you know, village fate. Uh, <laughs> no, but the thing is about this one is when we come in the summer, it's hard to get a handle on... When you come in the summer, you play one night at the roundhouse, something like that, and then you're playing a garden party, like some kind of thing with people eating canapes and drinking champagne. As yeah. As, it's not really our thing, you know. And uh, it's hard to get the show going a certain way because you have to adapt the music. You can't play. You know, if you play in a place where people don't know you at all, you just got to play the songs you have some hope they, they, they remember distantly. When you've got an actual audience has come to see you, then you can dig in a bit more. and yeah. You can pull out tunes, surprise everybody, surprise yourself, as I say, is the best thing. And in a place like the Olympia, that's, that's a proper venue, you know, that's... That, and it's one I haven't done it's one I've played everywhere else in Liverpool I've never yeah you know since since the very first time I ever got paid to play music was here you know in St George's project. Um, So the full tour is at tour.elviscostello.com. If you want to buy
0: tickets, you can do so through there as well. As we said, Ian Prowse is supporting throughout the tour, and it is going to be, uh, yeah, a brilliant night, whichever one you choose to. I've certainly got my eye on Blackpool now. Um, Blackpool. Blackpool.
7: (laughs) It's going on fire. But just... You won't be able to get a ticket by the end of the day. (laughs) Blackpool's the one. Um, And Mr. Pastry. (laughs) Actually, the last time we played Blackpool, we played the uh, Opera House. And that's what they have backstage. They have all the posters from all the old... Like, all the old vaudeville musical guys, all the people that were on the radio when I was a kid. There you go.
0: Arthur um, Askey.
7: Was, <laughs> oh, was a Is scouser. He was a scouser, yeah. Uh, just before we go, Ian, uh,
0: we do have to mention you've got uh, your own massive gig uh, on Saturday night. It's yeah. the uh, it's the festive Amsterdam <laughs> Ian Prowse spectacular. Yeah. The band gets doing? bigger every are year. Are you doing
7: any Christmas songs?
8: Uh, we are, yeah. Are, yeah? We, are, we do do a Christmas song... Uh, I'm not going to say which one it is, but it's probably probably the most famous Scouse Christmas hit, aside from Lennon's one or one of McCartney's ones. Um, And we do it at the end of the show because the songwriter who wrote it gets up on stage with us. And, uh, yeah, it's a proper knees-up 14, 15-piece band. I haven't decided yet. I might meet someone on Bold Street this afternoon and get involved. (laughs) (laughs) You never know. Uh, You know, it's that sort of, of evening um so and i think this is our sixth year so uh that's great we we have a
7: you know, we kind of just a big together. place as well, isn't it? Yeah, it's a big like, place. Yeah. We have
8: got a great crowd in, and uh, the only trouble we ever have every year is that the leader of the horn section it gets, gets out of control. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <Who's
7: that>?
0: <laughs> <laughs> this is this is not true. I am, I am perfectly behaved right up to the last note of the performance, and all those years playing it. in
7: the Brass Bank <laughs> competition.
8: All of us, yeah. well, but as it goes, we had a show party last year. Um, John led the charge well, of celebration, <laughs>
0: yes, I have to say. I just enjoy it, honestly. It's the, one of the most fun things I do all year, and I'm lucky, obviously, with the Amphile Raptor to kind of do some great stuff. But but every year, I always wait for that text from Ian when he tells me what the date's going to be, and I punch the air because it's it's so much fun. The musicians that Ian has in his band are unreal, and I've never taken anyone to that gig who's not had an absolutely brilliant time. So I don't know how aware people are of Ian's music. You know, they'll know sort of... Don't, don't stop amazing side and stuff like that, and, and they'll know a, a few of his hits. But however, whether you know one song or twenty, if you go along, you'll enjoy it because because ev- the, the, everyone on stage is having so much fun in it, and it yeah. kind of just projects out to to the crowd, and and you just kind of, kind of get all swept up well, in the kind of. Like,
8: to be honest, it's a little bit like we gather just before Christmas to say, "God, we all go through another year," <laughs> you know, because everybody out there will have had. Uh, Their trials and tribulations that nobody knows about you yeah know? and then probably people on the stage and, every, well. and everything else yeah well. and everything yeah. It, it is yeah. you know so you yeah
7: go, right we made it let's let's have some fun that's the what that's pretty much the way i feel every night i go on stage <laughs> <laughs> it no, really still, is honest been, to god yeah. i mean not yeah. just because a couple of things happened that i didn't expect myself yeah but that's what you got to think about yeah everybody's Absolutely. coming along and you can sing miserable songs or you can sing happy songs but yeah. i mean people have come yeah you know, you, I mean, the miserable songs are the ones you sing with feeling. I don't mean they're really going to make you feel terrible, but the ones that are not like cheerful subjects, you still got to sing those as well. Yeah. Yeah, you know absolutely. But, uh, but, but that's it you got to do every one like it might be the last one
0: so that is that is Saturday night so if you're a Scouser listening or you're in town for the Waffle game do come along as I say you'll have a, you'll have a brilliant time uh, I think also gonna, as well he's going to do a few album songs with him <laughs> but I was going to say Elvis I think you should insist on the, that he needs a full brass section for that Olympia gig because if you if, if you if you say he'll listen he'll listen to you you yeah. see do you know what I mean if you're, you're the boss uh, <laughs> okay huge uh, thanks to Elvis uh, and for Ian, for coming in to talk about that, uh, do check out the tour. Do come out to support it. Hopefully, see a few of this along the way. And um, yeah, Ian's gig at the O2 Academy on Saturday night yeah. will be a belter too. To, uh, but back to the studio. Beer 52 have been back on, so I've got my number one beer man on it. Uh, Craig Hannon, I
6: thought you were going to want some like in depth footy chat or whatever. And then you just say to me, It's a uh, beer 52, and I'm like, Okay,
1: nice, nice. See how you see me, nice. <laughs> how you've selected me for this, Craig. Can you come down? Just got a little bit of recording to do. Well, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You'll want to know my thoughts on 433 versus 4321 <laughs> or whatever. No, 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 no. He's uh, he's, he's got me on the beer again. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, I think you've had a strong showing this week on the beer. Uh, I think you've been excellent throughout the beer, uh, and that's before we've even got to the quality craft beer. I don't think you've had enough of that. I think you've had a, a bit of stuff that I'm not really that <laughs> into. To be honest with you, is that fair? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
6: You've, you've definitely get your best man on it. Um, I, I did claim yesterday after the 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 Merseyside derby that I wouldn't be drinking beer ever again, and that it was hot ch- hot chocolates in Salzburg next week. But. um that was all rubbish to be frank. Would you
1: say that the marketing on the beer 52 website has grabbed your attention and you're already thinking of the beer? <laughs> it really <laughs> has. It
9: really
6: has. This is the first time I've thought about beer actually. As soon as you mentioned that we were going to do an insert about it, and then I've I've had a little look and uh, definitely grabbed my attention. Yeah, I'll
1: have a few of them. Well, here we'll... we go back in the game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've had a little look at them. Uh, back up come back alive. There, yes, uh, two additional. So you sign up uh, for the free beer uh, where you pay the 4.95 postage. You get the full case of eight but they're throwing two more in for your rap listeners uh which suggests that they've you know they've listened to your feedback uh and, then, <laughs> and they've uh, they've had a good think about what you're about as well uh so if you go to be a 52 and that's 52.com forward slash rap and you cover just the 495 for the postage and you do this before the 17th of December so there's a ticking clock on this so you can get on them before Christmas I mean I would say that maybe you know you you maybe think about two loads but then that's down to you uh so you'll be able to get that one and it's always got to different theme to it as well the beer 52 stuff right the way through uh it's always interesting to see what they're gonna throw at you you also get to choose between a uh, mixed beers uh, which is light and dark and just light uh now i don't think the people who listen to this show are cowards and i think that you're all going to get stuck into mixed but that's completely your decision and it goes from there so do feel free to to have a little look uh what's 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 stuck out for you there on the website so you get
6: the snacks, you get the magazine, uh, and the magazine tells you a little bit about the beers. Um and I think the boxes are tailored by country, so I think the last one was Scotland.
1: But you're mostly in it for the beers, aren't you? I
6: am, yeah, Neil. Uh, I got one last Christmas actually and um I was drinking it on Boxing Day and it was nice like having a bit of a lucky dip, just sort of pulling out all these different flavours, different percentages, which you have to be careful about. Um but yeah, it was it was gorgeous. Well
1: you get them next day. So that's the big deal. If you sign up in time, you can get them next day. It's quite clear on the website when you're gonna get them. So it's either it's it's either if you I think past 4pm uh, it's then the day after but if you do before 4pm it's the next day uh, so yeah check it all out uh, anything that you want uh, all of it to go right the way through beer52 that's 52.com forward slash rap, wrap W-R-A-P uh, W-R-A-P so anything that you fancy there along those sorts of stuff uh, it's really important to say by the way that these days I you know I, there was a period of time where I'm not sort of into high alcohol uh, beer to be honest with you but the one thing that this isn't anymore is in any way shape or form hips these beers are in shops absolutely everywhere uh, you get them in home and bargain if we're all honest about you but these ones instead get delivered to your door so let's bear that in mind yeah just be wary of the 6% beers that's a little mistake that uh, I might have made last year that's yep oh yeah you've got to be very very clear on it uh, really really clear on that sort of thing uh, these these, these are for everyone but just sort of pick, pick your weapons quite, uh, cleverly I always said I didn't like IPAs and then once I tried
6: them from the, from the box and was trying different ones I really got into them but yeah was well more fun drinking. Um, you know the the different kinds of beers from the beer fifty two box rather than just your your normal um, assorted beers that you get from the supermarket.
1: Yeah, that's good to know. It's good to know you got that sorted. Light and light and dark and all the shades in between. I uh, hope you've enjoyed this. Um, yeah, uh, beer fifty two. It is beer beer52.com forward
0: slash rap And it's John Gibbons now for the weekend. I'm delighted to be joined uh, by some friends who've come in to talk about some exciting things that are happening in Liverpool over the festive period. Uh, so I've got Nick and Sean who were from well shit the disco fame i suppose we've got uh, a <laughs> jake nolan in as well who's an old friend of the show who's coming who, who's, who's collaborating on this new project with them um so welcome to everyone first of all it's on, it's on, it's on. It's on. um first of all um just tell us a little bit about shit the disco first firstly because obviously people who were listening in other places probably won't be aware of it but in liverpool it's become a real sort of staple <laughs> of the um of the, of the nightclub scene nice one
10: yeah, Todd. Really can't wait to that, like, started off as me and i started off as me and sean basically making a bit of a playlist just of, like those mid-noughties indie songs that like we hadn't heard for ages um, just kept building it and building it, and just like, I mean, someone should put a night on like this. We had no experience putting a night on, so we were just like, it's not gonna happen. Went to Berlin, got really, really pissed. We're like, yeah, no, we should actually go back and do it. Um, drunkenly messaged 24 Kitchen Street. They were like, yeah, go ahead, you can have a go if you want. Turned up with Spotify, laptop, um, the playlist, no floats, few glow sticks. No idea what we were doing.
0: Everyone forgets the float, don't they? De- yeah. I <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. didn't even know what the float was. <laughs> and that first person turns up with the 20 quid, and you're like, oh, no. <laughs> exactly. No one remembers yeah. the float. Most about, uh, that's it. Top tips for listeners. <laughs> if you're putting any sort of night on, get loads of fibers out before you yeah, go. One a few
10: pound coins as well. And then people started turning off, and we're like, oh, no, this is mad, there's people coming. And then it just sort of went from there, and ran a few few people started coming and coming, and before you knew it, we were putting, like, a few student nights on here and there, went to arts art club, put student nights on an art club, uh, but again, like, it took us a long time, it took us trying free pizzas, trying free this, free that, and we just had, like, a sound little group of, like, Students and mates who started coming along. Did the night in London as well, and everyone was like, Oh, you smashed it now, lads.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's the proper Liverpool reaction. And, oh, you've been to London. Like the Beatles coming down, like to come. <laughs> no, we like probably made lots of five.
10: <laughs> and it took a whole weekend because we went down Friday, got pissed Friday, stayed out Saturday, got the train home Sunday, got pissed on the train home Sunday,
9: yeah. spent
10: all of our money and we're hungover over for the next week
9: so I, I didn't know any of this so I'm starting to get getting into business. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone
0: thinks we're down professional like, but we're not Well I mean on the professionalism it's fair to say that the posters are sort of quite unique as well I mean I'd say you know it's good artwork but I mean I don't think Cream are shitting themselves like do you know I mean? It's like, it's It's drawn sort of you know Gallaghers and stuff like that isn't yeah, it Yeah
10: well it's Sean who draws them like, Okay Sean, Sean does I didn't like,
0: mean to dismiss your like it's, <laughs> no, it's very good yeah. but it's not what like what you'd usually see for the club nights is what I'm saying.
10: Exactly,
11: yeah. There's also of self-claimed, badly drawn artwork. Um, I didn't even want to put it on the, on the posters. to be honest with you. Nick it was like, nah, go on. It's a good little angle to go down, put it on and people were taking them off the wall and all
0: that.
9: Yeah.
11: And now I think like, our posters are all over Liverpool and sitting in students'
0: <laughs> bedrooms and everything, so...
9: It's been all over it's, America and everything, drawing.
0: Yeah. yeah. I heard about this. You, you you went with a band did you support someone effectively? So, um, it
11: wasn't a band, about. We had to like Coachella, and, right? Um, like Calvin Klein, and Coachella, and then I we went um, down in London as well. But yeah, I'm not into that. <laughs> <laughs>
10: You feel but bad for slagging them now, don't you? No, no. no. might <laughs> totally. nice as well plug them. It started off as badly drone footballers. That was his main ah, yeah. 94 footballers. Yeah. But he since moved on to carbon climb models. So, you
7: know,
0: <laughs> <laughs> he's changed. I do, do apologise. Um, I thought you This is This is me trying to remember something, which is bad, bad audio. But I thought you'd, you'd, you'd gone with a band or something and done like, the, the stuff around that or have I made that up?
9: Yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah. Fair enough. So, why why do you think the night's been successful, Jake? You um, you you speak for the boys and say why 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 you without their humility, why why has it been so 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 successful in Liverpool?
9: I think these sort of uh, play on that. Nostalgia, I mean, like, one when we were from kind of from the same area. By the way, I hate you calling this nostalgia yeah, as
0: someone who's brip in the mid 90s. The idea that Arctic Monkeys is nostalgia <laughs> could go fuck itself,
9: yeah. Well, it is, <laughs> <laughs> it is now, anyway. But I, uh, well, like, my first job was DJing in the battle, and I kind of like, got onto what they were doing. It was called to like bringing that back when when the battle like died, yeah. and then that's kind of how we started speaking and all that to me, and then yeah. I uh and then we've obviously went for like many many berries and i was like this is great this this is what you need to be doing this is what we can be doing we can be doing more we're doing more and then yeah i think we kind of are now yeah
0: good no so the new thing then is uh is festive it's karaoke uh tell us more about it
9: Yes, yeah, so the uh we went for a few pints didn't we <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and, it seems to be the start <laughs> of every story <laughs> and uh we would we would kind of just like uh like bitching them on a little bit the fact that we didn't see any of our mates and like we're kind of we're kind of from like the same area and and you know, you don't really get to see anyone and we were just like you only get to see them at Christmas and and then we had like this other idea, we need to do like a karaoke like club night rave thing. Like 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 you know, like Mbox and <laughs> but, but you know and, but like you know, like in, in a decent place and and then before you knew it you kinda of just like threw it together and then Drunkenly Messaged Constellations uh, and put it on. And yeah, we've, uh, we're two weeks out on it, sold well, and we're looking forward to doing it.
0: So if people sort of want to get involved, they, they can book in, can they? Is that the idea? Yeah,
10: absolutely, yeah. So it's just all Constellations, so it's just tickets. Uh, about half have gone already, like so I'm selling pretty quick. Um, and it's basically like lyrics on the big screen, everyone sings together. Um, we're having like a scout Santa hosting it. So you know it's not no one sort of waiting for the mic and if
0: oh okay so it's more of a sing along like exactly yeah yeah, yeah, yeah like yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. like when they put sound the music on at the Empire and everyone
9: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean I've given away our secrets <laughs> here. <laughs>
10: that's where we met the first, <laughs> first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
9: you
0: know that's good so is it, is it, is it all Christmas songs or are you dabbling in other stuff as well dabbling
10: in a yeah. few
0: like caroling yeah,
10: classics
9: all together. all the Scouts bangers effectively okay. we're, we're, we're gonna go down down that route and just like all the tunes you'd expect to wear at a sort of like Scouse family party or uh, Tim O's wedding where where we were at that time yeah so, something along those lines and uh, yeah I think think it'd be good.
0: So who who's kind of booking on is it like as you say is a group of mates who are getting together for Christmas are you getting a few office parties or? yeah
11: a bit of a mix in it so far yeah it's like quite a few of our mates will all come along and then yeah office parties are come along people who are coming back from Liverpool or coming
0: back to Liverpool or to see the mates the, and the stuff mates and like all that, that yeah, yeah. I yeah. Think,
10: like another thing we shouldn't we because it was like it finished at like two three o'clock since we started it like about 90% of our mates have all had kids <laughs> and the 2-3 o'clock thing's out yeah, yeah. so these days if it's like an 8 to start at 8 and finishes at 11
0: yeah last train
10: out know, yeah. yeah. yeah, <laughs> and for the ones who haven't got kids they can still come yeah. get
9: yeah. fundamentally uh, me, Nick and Sean started doing events and then we've ended up with no mates so we're trying, <laughs> so, so we're trying to do an event to bring them all back but yeah, uh, yeah. but yeah I think that the beauty of it is that it's kind of open to everyone as I say no spotlight lyrics on the big screen everyone singing like together so it'll be like going to a rave but karaoke
0: yeah but uh, honestly as as somebody who has recently had a kid that that last train (laughs) home's a big seller at home and listen i'm going out but i'll be on the last train (laughs) do you know what i mean almost doesn't doesn't matter what time it is so so when's it start
9: are at six? No, as in date, oh, sorry. Twenty first, so it's the same date as the World Club Championship. That <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But we're, we're going to start after it. Yeah, yeah. yeah was it just one night? Sorry, is it? At
0: the moment, yeah. yeah, yeah but yeah, you thinking about thinking about maybe announcements
9: so. coming soon. Oh,
0: TVC. TV <laughs> but it but it sounds like good fun. It sounds like people that a lot of different people can kind of enjoy and and just kind of you know get get in amongst it really.
10: Exactly, yeah, yeah.
0: doesn't matter how good the singer you are, because exactly, you'll, you'll yeah. get masked.
10: Yeah, if you don't so know the like,
11: words. <laughs> well, we've got, like, 200 times hats just to throw out as well, all the tinsel, all that sort of stuff as well. These inflatable microphones on the night. So. And we
9: have got just a scout santa as well yeah. Yeah. on stage, sort of uh, one ed up, Ketwick, uh, <laughs> leading the party. So, yeah,
0: yeah. that sounds great.
10: We, um, we also did book um, 200... Really rubbish tires off eBay yesterday mm-hmm. to throw out for people to wrap around their heads, you know what I mean? <laughs> a of office party vibes going oh, on, yeah. so you know,
0: yeah, absolute winner. Um, while well, you're here, know, boys, and I'm going to throw this on you, so apologies. <laughs> uh, you mentioned 24 Kitchen Street by right, the start of the place where you you started, it sort of feels like it's under a bit of threat at the moment, yeah. doesn't it? And uh, obviously, there's people building flats next door, there's, there's you know, the idea of noise notices, and if people think we're being paranoid. This has happened up and down the country, hasn't it? Exactly. That the venues have, have got popular. The kind of places that make an area cool yeah. then become sort of victims of their own success, really. And places like Kitchen Street is places where your night started. I know you ended up going other places and stuff like that, but they gave you a home, absolutely. and places like that need protecting, don't they? Yeah,
10: yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah,
11: no one else gave the chance, but it was just two lads who didn't know what they were doing. Kitchen Street said, like, have a Saturday night, I think it was the first one we did. And without them being there to give us that chance, you know, we wouldn't be anywhere, near, anywhere, anywhere near we are now, like so. Yeah, yeah it's we're so meant, important.
10: So. Exactly, we're meant to be like a music city, you know what I mean? We're meant to be pushing it all. Like we, we play off the bills and stuff, which is important. But to have like new musicians coming through, new promoters, new bands and to lose like these grassroots venues like it's devastating really and like the city needs to step up and do more to protect them i think
0: yeah i mean it's, it's not gone yet it, it should be worth saying these flats are in development but it's looking like they're talking about uh, anything above a reggae night in terms of <laughs> decibels we'll need a special license and they're saying well we we'll do 90 of these things a year and now we're only 12 and it'll just kill the venue and, and as i say jake you know i think i think joe anderson was was a bit flippant on twitter saying he doesn't see what the problem is but up and down the country venues have been shut down when when flats have gone next door people have complained about the noise in in the flat that they bought next to a venue that have been there for years and you lose them
9: yeah and that that makes absolutely no sense to me like nobody was going around the baltic uh years ago when yeah. people started putting on events and, and it's like, these
0: venues that have made the area
9: yeah exactly and you know we're still mourning the casimir and, and, <laughs> and you know and that's like for people like us with would like sort of make a living in this industry in this city kind of like makes it harder for us and you know Fundamentally, people start moving away.
0: Yeah, and Kitchen Street as well is is somewhere that that will sort of give everything a go. It's diversity and, and like, you know, you moan know, my own, uh, well, Liverpool, it's all, like, I've seen as lads with guitars and stuff like that. Well, Kitchen Street's something that puts everything on, do you know what I mean? Like, every spectrum. And so, so venues like that kind of need need protecting and nurturing as well.
10: Yeah, yeah, really do. It's so important. Like, if you just look through even a month's worth of Kitchen Street listens, you can see, as you say, like, the absolute, like, breath of... Types of promoters that they put on, I knew they bring to the city as mm. well. They bring massive names. They also give young people a chance. It's a bit of everything really, and it's so important to keep.
11: We were speaking to Ian from um, Sonic User the other day, and he yeah. said like people coming down from London to say like they just come into Sonic User, yeah, because the vibe, and you know you wouldn't be able to capture that magic.
0: Yeah It's so hard You it's think just, you can move yeah. places But it, it doesn't always Kind of work out like that um, Good Nice one Well anyway That's So, um, so nice. if people want to um, Do have a little look At 24 Kitchen Street on, on Twitter and Facebook And they are campaign And obviously if you can Support them in any way They and us Would appreciate it But in the meantime So it's Constellations yeah. 21st of December If it goes well Are you going to be fully In the karaoke game Or you are you going oh, ca- well. to Carry on with Shit in the disco Might be a bit both Sitting in disco Karaoke <laughs> Hey uh, combinations, you know what I mean? You, you heard it here first. So twenty first, where can people get tickets?
10: They're online on Skiddle, um, Scout Santa's Crowd Karaoke. Yeah. Be able to find them on Skiddle. Yeah, They're on yeah. Uh, Google. Yeah. yeah, sell them fast. And we're on Facebook and Instagram as well.
0: Get involved! It is the perfect way to celebrate uh, Liverpool becoming an world champions. <laughs> yeah, <You heard> it day <laughs> first. Cheers to the boys for coming in. Uh, I'm not sure what's coming next uh, it might Maybe some footy, who knows?
1: Joined by Adam Leventhal from the Athletic to talk about Watford, uh, talk about the troubles and problems so far this season, and move on to talk about the appointment of Angel Pearson and what happens next, and obviously Saturday's game, uh, the half twelve kickoff at Anfield. Uh, let's be really clear about this: there is a sense, Adam, where Watford may have been the poorest side in the division so far. This- this season, but they've also lacked a little bit of fortune in front of goal. They've actually created more opportunities than people would think, than the league position would suggest. They've been pretty active in terms of missing chances uh, as the campaigns wore on. The defending hasn't been great, and when it's been really, really, when the defending's improved, the attacking's dropped off. They haven't got that balance right, but they have actually created opportunities this season.
12: Yeah, they have. I think you know, as you as you say there, that they sort of went through a transition from being. Um, quite open and they were quite good going forward under Javi Garcia at the beginning of the season, but they weren't finishing off their chances. I, mean, I remember a couple of big opportunities missed by Andre Gray against Brighton uh, when it was, I think it was only one nil that could have changed the game. Uh, there was a chance for Will Hughes against uh, West Ham when it was one, one. And then it was, you know, it was easier to um, easier to, to score and he missed it. And it was it was a massive, massive um, chance missed and then obviously went off and uh, lost that game 3-1. So they were sort of decisive moments under under Gracia And then under Kike, um, he was very keen to shore up the defence because of the, the, the leakiness that had been seen under Gracia before. And he managed to do that, but then that neutralised the threat a little bit. Um, I mean, the one game where it really stood out in terms of the the chances of being created that weren't being taken was actually Kike Sanchez for his first game against Arsenal, uh, when he hadn't really got his teeth into the team, um, and I think now it's the the case of yeah there has been some solidity put in now by what Kike was able to do. Uh, he got them very organised at the back, but then that took away the the potency up top. So now Nigel Pearson's task is to is to strike the right balance and you know he, he's done it in the past uh, it's whether he can do it again now with, with this side which are pretty low on confidence it, it's creeping back but still very very low and of all the places to go when you're not feeling that confident Anfield when you know you're flying high is, is is quite a daunting challenge I think.
1: It is a daunting challenge and I think it is you know I th- I think it may almost be a game where he gets to know his players a little bit, and I do think that that's for me. That's the strange thing. And a number of these players, the vast majority of them, are players who have demonstrated they can contribute to a side that finishes somewhere between seventh and fifteenth. Adam, and I, mean, I know the Premier League is sort of willfully inconsistent, but it does, you know, th- there is something about this this deterioration in Watford's form that that you know it, it is it isn't just even a this season thing. It was happening towards the back end of last season, with the exception of those cup games. But it does seem as though these are footballers who may have may have tired for, of the notion of playing for Watford as much as the idea that they've lost the ability that they've had
12: yeah I think that's a, a very good point point. and mean, it's something something I looked into um, for the athletic you know the, the reasons for the hangover and I've I've done quite a few pieces because it's it's carried on for quite some time but one of the things that did um come up was and it was almost acknowledged from sources that I had that there had been a, a thought going into this season of right well let's keep this squad together keep the quality players that we've got and you know some of the, the saleable assets that we've got and we'll keep them together but rather than strengthening the side that has neutralized them to a certain degree because mm. those players who wanted to move on and it's part of the pot model remember to you know buy relatively cheap and then sell on uh, for a good profit obviously you know seeing the other side of Merseyside with Richarlison that's a a classic case in point but the fact that those players weren't given that chance to then sort of fly away the likes of Abdullahi Decore being one and maybe Roberto Pereira uh, being another one that did then It didn't help them. It didn't help their form. They did look as if they wanted to be elsewhere at the beginning of the season. But then that has a a negative effect on on other players, obviously because some key players aren't performing. But then other players think, well, hang on a minute, maybe I'm not going to get that chance. And it just starts to twist their melons a little bit. And I think that that's been um, seen quite frequently this season, that that players have just been looking around and wondering why not necessarily why am I still here, but what do I need to do to get Watford ticking again? And that has been the, the big struggle. And that is one of the, the sort of the key things that Nigel Pearson has been charged with, kickstarting this this side that has seemingly stalled.
1: It's... To go through those individual players, for instance, you can see, you know, certain names in there. De La Feu has not looked anywhere near as electrifying. Uh, Decorey's not looked anywhere near as electrifying uh, and is involved in football matches whenever I've caught any of Watford. Even someone who I always thought was an absolute workhorse like Will Hughes. Again, it seems as though he's gliding through games a tiny little bit more. I think they've been unlucky with injuries to a couple. But there are a couple of... their names of footballers who could have commanded fees upwards of £30 million uh, last summer, the summer before, the the summer before that even and all of a sudden now they do just sort of they do seem a little frozen
12: yeah I think that's I think it's a good point I think injuries um have also played a a big part um and that needs to be acknowledged because you know when you bring in Danny Welbeck and all seemingly is well with him um and then for that to sort of hit a crisis point when he gets his you know, his, his big opportunity at his um, former nearest rivals. He played at, um, at Tottenham's new stadium and then went off after four minutes. And everyone thought, oh, well, you know, I told you so. Danny Welbeck's, you know, made of biscuits. So he's always going to get an injury. Um, but it felt really, really harsh for that to happen uh, to a team that was trying to rebuild and had sort of put faith in someone like like Danny Welbeck and for him to sort of fall foul of another injury. You just, on, on a human level, you just think, that's really, it's, you know, it's a, it's a real shame. And other injuries have, have played their part as well. Obviously, Troy Deeney was injured um, or had his surgery after the game at Goodison at the beginning uh, of the season. And that has obviously um, had an impact on our ability to score goals, but also his ability to lead the team. Um, Ismail Assar, who came in, had a bit of a stop-start-starts and he had an injury, so that didn't... Um, add to the squad in the way that it had been intended so that that has been a a big thing for for Watford and and now they're getting those players back bar Welbeck hopefully that will give a fairer reflection on the the squad that Nigel Pearson now has at his his disposal and you know might start to you know going back to the point at the beginning there in in terms of potency and, and being able to score chances if you've got Saar coming in doing well and showing his pace, then great. That's a that's a massive positive. You've got Troy Deeney, although he's not going to score 25 goals, he can not only disrupt up top but can pitch in with with goals as well. So hopefully that will make a difference, and it will also make a difference to the likes of of Delafoe, who has who's been almost given a um, the role of having to be the one who's going to be scoring goals when that's not necessarily the thing that he is best at bringing to the side. You know, his creativity is what Watford need. And that can be relied upon a bit more now rather than having to pin all our hopes on Delafaye scoring when he's not... He's not that composed in front of goal to be honest. Um, with this, with an eye on this game at
1: the weekend then I've done a little bit of a troll through the stats There's a couple of things I've noticed and one is that Watford when they're giving away opportunities tend to give away opportunities of the highest quality now that's slightly skewed because even in a 16 game uh, sample if one game involves going to the Etihad and getting beaten 8-0 then that will obviously sort of skew those stats to a degree but it is worth saying isn't it that Watford they the, the, the chances that they are allowing people to get the football that sides have been able to play against Watford in the penalty area, is probably something Nigel Pearson will look to address quite quickly. They've been given quality chances away and if you do that against Liverpool, and it's easy to make quality chances against a side for a side like Liverpool. There's every chance you can get opened up.
12: Yeah, and I think that, you know, against the, the quality sides and we saw it against um, Leicester in, in the midweek, it, it always looks, I know they're not, well, at the moment they are, you know, at the, at the, at the very top bar, bar Liverpool of the table and they are showing that they are a quality side. But you always had the feeling that they were going to be able to cut open Watford, even if they were, you know, looking more organised. And that's the thing that um, Watford have sort of really struggled with. Obviously, the Manchester City game was a was a freak, freak game, um, and it was it was a sort of game that is just going to, you know, knock anyone's confidence and shatter it if it's if it's you know re- already really low. Um, so that had a big that had a big sort of big negative impact on the side Um, and I think the thing with with Watford at the moment is and we've seen it against um, Crystal Palace good opportunities were wasted uh, in a 0-0 draw the game against Sheffield United which was a key game a couple of weeks ago it was 0-0 big chances missed against Bournemouth 0-0 big chances missed and that's the difference isn't it at the moment for Watford not being able to take those chances in the games where you can keep teams out because they aren't you know one of the big six um so that's sort of the the problem that Watford have got at the moment they're not going to be looking at this Liverpool game and thinking oh we'll be able to shut up shop and maybe try and steal a, steal a one nil they'll probably think you know we're gonna to have to we're gonna to have to go forward and we're gonna to have to sort of we're going to have to score more than one goal if we're going to have to win this game but I think they'll be going into it thinking well let's just try (laughs) rather than thinking about winning it let's try and keep the score down because we don't want Uh, what happened at Manchester City to be repeated at Anfield.
1: Do you think it will be? I mean, one of the big difficulties about even the conversation we're having, and I've been doing some preview stuff on other shows is, you know, I I can't even particularly name at this point what Nigel Pearson's back four will be or will it be a back five? And, you know, at the minute we haven't actually seen how he's going to get this team to set Mm -hmm. up. He's had all week to work with them. I'm sure you've heard a little bit about what he's doing, but without seeing it in action and seeing it live through a football match, is there a way home for them or is this this Liverpool game, do you think, one where he may well be continuing to evaluate them both as players? And his personalities for this fight that's in front of them, or do you think he will be going into it thinking we can get something from this if we do X, Y, and Z? I
12: think there will be a, a sort of a glimmer of hope in his mind that maybe, maybe if the crowd can be silenced early on, um, and if Watford from a set piece or something can score early on maybe Ismail Assar for example bursting through with pace that Liverpool might not be able to um, deal with because he's he's very very quick and that might just be something that um, can can make the difference if that if that can happen and they can cling on then that will be that that glimmer of hope Um, but I think the expectation will be and you know you made the point in your question there that this is a chance for Nigel Pearson to assess the players in terms of their ability, but also their mentality. Um, and he'll know, having drilled into them all this week in terms of wanting it to be a seed mentality and everyone in it together, to see who reacts and who buys into the words that he would have been drilling into them this week. Because, look, even if it is a 2-3 a or 4 nil defeat, if Watford are valiant in that defeat... And they don't just look as if oh right, another goal's gone in, they turn and face and then go again, give away the ball from the kickoff and then concede again, as they have done in recent years against Liverpool in sort of patches where they've just basically fallen flat and they've they've looked shell shocks, you know, the five nil defeat, five 0 defeat, six one defeat in the last three games. If that is repeated, then there will obviously be lessons learned from from Nigel Pearson, but even if they do lose two, three, four nil, but they showed that they were really, really fighting, then I think that things, positives can be taken out of the game. Um, but yeah, I think you're right. We don't know if he's going to go with a with a with a five just to try and shore things up, or if it's going to be with a four. His preferred formation is four two three one, and that's what they've been playing in their last two games under the um, the interim charge of uh, Hayden Mullins. Um, so. I think he might he will probably stick with a four and say no come on you know you've been you've been doing it you've learned how to defend a little bit better under Kiko Sanchez Flores and you look a little bit more solid so let's give it a go and you know back your ability and one one of the things that he said in um in the dressing room before the Crystal Palace game because he came in um Hayden Mullins had obviously prepared the team but he came in and um, just said a few words to the team. He said, look, forget about what people are saying about you and just concentrate on your own game. And I think that, that his, his big thing at the moment is trying to eliminate that fear factor that Watford have been playing with because they've looked full of fear. They've lacked confidence and they've just almost been walking around expecting to be beaten. Um, and if he can get rid of that, then they've got a chance, a small chance, albeit, <laughs> but they've got a chance.
1: Okay, excellent stuff. Adam Leventhal from The Athletic. Uh, if you do want to sign up to The Athletic to theathletic.co.uk forward slash the Anfield Rap and there's all sorts of offers on, and reductions on there. theathletic.co.uk forward slash the Anfield Rap. I'll leave that one with you uh, and we'll get back over. Before we get into Watford, uh, before we've got Adam Leventhal joining us from The Athletic, just to make you aware that this weekend, if you download the Anfield Raps app, if you download our app, all of our post-match coverage will be free. Uh, free for you if you do download the app. That's all the, all the audio that we do post-match and the video on the day of the game. So the pink, the post-match audio show and the post-match pint, which will be hosted by Gareth Roberts, that will be free for you if you download our app. So do please consider that. Listen, we're very proud of the app. Worked really hard with the app company Pixelbeard on getting the best version of it that we can. We've loved working with them and yes, there's been some teething issues, but there always is. But right now that app's in great shape. And if you know a friend who loves the Reds, who might want to get interested as well, feel free to let them know uh, that if they download the Anfield Raps app this weekend all of the Anfield post-match show stuff around Watford will be available to them it will be free, get stuck in enjoy it, up the reds, let's hope hope for another victory as we pursue the championship this season welcome back, back in with Dan, with Rob, with Kieran and with Kev to talk about Liverpool versus Watford but we've all just been having a big laugh about Nigel Pearson who got sacked as Derby County manager after a row about the use of drones uh, which is uh, just tremendous frankly. <laughs> oh,
2: it's, it's a beautiful story isn't it? He gets, you, you said to us he got appointed for, after he left Leicester, sacked by he gets appointed by Derby in the May so they must I don't know why in the May they are trying to get him out of trouble at that stage or whatever and he lasts till the September because because the owner the owner, the owner put a drone above the training was
1: putting pitch. drones above the training pitch to observe training and there was a row about that that row spiders out of control from the look of things I'm just garnering this and then yeah. suddenly he finds himself right that's it he's gone yeah anti-drone yeah he's
2: anti he's got a point but Pearson he's got, <laughs> a, got a point Pearson he's got a hair trigger sort of personality he? what with the throttling and
4: things he, he did in the past it doesn't seem the type to like drones like this <laughs> no, doesn't, no. he definitely doesn't drone in his spare time
2: they're too modern for him
4: for a start yeah, that's what I'm saying yeah, too
2: modern too mon too spy <laughs> what you watching my
1: training
4: not there yeah no chance yeah
1: he's not in favour of that it's all a bit Will Smith uh, in Enemy of the State <laughs> uh, he is anti-drone uh, but that is fair enough as we say he is now Watford manager Dan listen if we were going there maybe or if this Liverpool side was like a normal football team you'd maybe be spooling out all the cliches of new manager bounce these are bottom, but the, at some point there's going to be a reaction. They have got players who in the past have finished between 7th and 13th in the Premier League. They're not dreadful footballers. They didn't become them overnight. In Under normal circumstances with a normal team, you do all of that. At the minute with this Liverpool team, you just feel like there should be something else that's just water off a duck's back at Anfield.
5: Yeah, absolutely that. If it was anyone else, the honeymoon, the bounce, all those clichés, as you say, would be rolled out. But... It could be the Space Jam aliens coming to Anfield on Saturday in <laughs> well, Liverpool. That's what Pearson <laughs> thought, <with it>. <laughs>
1: <laughs> to, be to be fair to us. Garden against yeah.
5: Liverpool will win. That, that's what we do every single week. And Watford, the bottom of the league, <laughs> Pearson's been there, what, a week? There's, yeah, he's have probably got them organised in a different way. They're probably excited to try something new, considering they've been battered every week. But... It, it's the wrong place to come. For Do you his know what the new will be? Booted up the
2: pitch, really yeah. far and fast. Yeah, well, something I mean, non modern Yeah, <laughs> haven't they?
1: Didn't they get a draw in their last game? So. They're, all, I mean, they're in a funny position. They're, they're not as bad as they. They're not as bad. Seem. They're not as bad as the league placing, and then they're not as bad as the points total. But the longer it goes on, you've got to start saying, well, maybe they are as bad as the league placing. The longer yeah, they are exactly, as bad as the points yeah. total. But there's you know, an argument to say he is a championship manager, and they've brought him in
5: thinking let's get him ready for next year and try and come straight back up.
1: Yeah, they, they may well be thinking that, Rob, and. Yeah. It, it's a fine line and it's between complacent and very confident and I think at the minute this Liverpool team is very competent, confident and it doesn't look like it's going to drop into complacency anytime soon nor and nor, nor are the supporters to be honest with you because we can see what the job is we can see the points gap that we've got at the top we can see how important it is to sustain it but you do sort of struggle to imagine anything where you know I, I, I struggle to work out what Watford's plan is in order to be able to get anything at Anfield and then I struggle to work out what almost anyone's plan is to get anything at Anfield yeah, I mean, we should
2: win, but I'm a bit too institutionalised by, by 30 <laughs> years of hurt or whatever it is uh, to just take ever take a game for granted. I mean, I do remember as a kid and a young man when I sported the Liverpool teams that, that won things week in week out, I did take things for granted, but I didn't even think I was. You know what I mean? You just go, I in fact, I used to think, I just hope Kenny gets two tomorrow. Honestly, that's how I hope Rushy <laughs> oh, oh, gets. I want to see more on his tally. Yeah, I thought about that, not will Liverpool win or not, mm. but the truth is we are becoming that team quietly here. Well, not even quietly. Uh, and I I want, to, I want to live in a universe where I don't doesn't even cross my mind that what the Pearson he might get a new manager about <laughs> and, and boot one up the park and we might panic and all the things that just can't happen that infinitesimally small odds are happening but I still would be anxious about them until they're gone
1: it's it's an understandable anxiety Kieran because the thing we're trying to do right now is is be the best team ever to play association football uh, that's the reality of the challenge because that's what it, we decided I think this club decided 18 months ago two years ago it'd take to win a title against Manchester City take to win a European Cup in that climate take to get 97 points <laughs> That's the reality of it. It's an understandable anxiety because keeping that points gap, especially as we're going away to Qatar, we don't have a game at the following weekend. We need to keep that points gap as
4: strong as we can. We do, and it's a warranted anxiety, really, because people in my generation, um, I'm 27, I've seen us lose every cup as well as nearly win every cup. I mean, we've been as an FA Cup final, seen us lose, lost UEFA Cup finals, lost leagues with a few games to go. The hurt has been just... What's the word I'm looking for there? Cumulative, cum- and relentless. Yeah, it has, it has. And when you win a European Cup, you know it, it felt good. When you win, when, when we win an FA Cup, it felt good. But there's one trophy which, which is looming over our heads, and it's that's creating the anxiety. The rest of the country seems to have put the cup in our hands already. Mm. Where we get told year, year in, and year out where they, we can't they, they can't stand the sound of our voices when we go on about this is our year, this is our year. They're saying it this time. No one's doing that here. <laughs> no one is doing that. I mean, we've had egg on our faces too many too many oh. times and we all we all now are, are so focused that you just said then what we all know this Waffle team shouldn't get anywhere near this Liverpool no, team. No. But you can't afford to be say there's a line between confidence and complacent mm. and I am confident over Saturday, but you you're right to be nervous. This is this is this is huge. We've got a fourteen point gap over City. This is you've got a right to be nervous like because I think this, this is a chance. That nervousness comes into play for us sitting in this room because, as you
3: say, Keaton, we, like, we've like we seen all these situations where oh, top of Christmas and no team top of Christmas
2: ever lost it blah, blah, blah. We're but the first, only team that's top of Christmas that doesn't uh, win that's the Exactly. <laughs> the
4: only team on 97 points <laughs> that can't win it and every, every other year, you know what I mean? All that stuff.
3: All that what do you know what, that, though? And I, I always go back to it in my own head and just think, Virgil van Dijk looks at stuff like that and goes, I don't care. Mm. I do not care. I'd like... I, even he 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 just looks at any situation that is going against him like I don't care. Watch what I'll do. Jordan Henderson the same. I'm just gonna battle through. Sadio Mane, look at the way Sadio Mane celebrates some of the goals this season and what he wants it like. The, when Lallan equalized, they old he's dragging them back. The um, the goal against uh, Villa the first one, he's dragging them all back into the middle of the pitch. Players like that don't go out on Saturday against Watford. They go just Watford this. They go, oh my god, I am gonna destroy you here because. There's there'll be a bit of them as well at go well, we're, we've got a week away now like a little warm weather training break in Qatar Listen, we all want to win the Club World Cup and I think we will but in reality we've got a week before we've got a really serious game over there so they're going to be thinking right we'll get this out the way now we'll destroy these because they can have it one by half time theoretically and go on absolute calm down no problem then you've got a week away while City and Leicester have got to play each other the rest of the league are slogging the guts out and we get to then come back from that refreshed the players are not the players are not worried the, the players are yeah. not worried about the past and they're certainly not going to give anyone any sort of chink in the armour to say oh yeah come and get us because we're thinking about something else the players will be thinking about Wofford.
1: Um just out of interest you, you all start Keita
4: yeah I, yeah, you got to haven't you based on how he's played the past two games you can't, you can't expect something from a player or want something from a player and then he does it and takes him back off the side
2: I want him to start Kaita. Um, there is the three successive games on the bounce of players just come back factor, so I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't. Having said that, this is the first time we've had the luxury of an extra day. We, we're not playing it set with a seventy-two hour interval for once. We're back up to what is it ninety-six, 96 hour interval, so he might see that as enough for now. Be Kaita. I think. I think. I don't know. Klopp, although he's a small, C conservative at times, he's also quite excitable about his footballers, and I think. I think he's loving what he's what we're loving Kaita and Salah partnership, and I think he's going to want to see it again. Given his 18 months Kaiser as well, you can't, if you're taking him out now,
5: breaking that rhythm when he's finally just like, he's played well in the past, don't get me wrong, he hasn't been absolutely terrible until now, but the unluckiness with injuries and stuff like that, just while he's starting to spark, I think you've got to ride the wave a little bit and get him used to it and get him used to playing in
1: the Premier League regularly. I think it's, for me I'd be picking him as well and I'd also be I'd have one eye maybe on we're only going to give him an hour almost yeah, come one may. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah. Get, get him that, also get him the game you know game at Anfield as well uh, and I just think he's perfect for coming up against Watford uh, there's not news yet as we're recording this about where Dejan Lovren's up to uh, particularly but in general anyway regardless even if Lovren is broadly speaking past fit, Kev I would actually just start Joe Gomez in this one allow Lovren this game off maybe the semi-final of the Club World <coughs> Cup off and then assess it before the final Just, just, just get a bit of freshness back into him
3: yeah for me I think Joe Gomez it's perfect opportunity to put him into a game at Anfield at centre half so was an actual position so I'd, I'd happily put Joe Gomez in the centre half against Napoli against Man City against anybody I think he's I think he's our second best centre half and I think a game against Watford is you'd hope the easiest game that he can possibly get 90 minutes in. And if he plays well there, I'd personally just leave him in there until it's time to take him out for whatever reason, whether it's fitness or form.
2: I totally agree with that one, Joe. I, I think we have to play Joe Gomez, like Kite, we have to play Joe Gomez into form because yeah. we haven't got matter. We only got two centre halves we can we can play alongside Virgil. And, and one of them is on a knife edge with his fitness, if we're tr- honest, in Dejan Lovren So I would I would always say to Gomez, I don't care if Lovren feels fine by Tuesday next week, you're playing the next three, and then I'll make a call about Leicester. If you've been exceptional, you keep your place in tough luck down. But if he hasn't
1: At least we'll have given him Minutes in his legs And rested Lovren So he has to play tomorrow um, No one doing anything else really I don't yeah. think this is, this, It doesn't seem to me To be one to be messing about With this one Robin yeah. now, there, going to be. There's been a bit of a break and There's going to be He can change You would think For the semi-final Of the Club World Cup To a degree I wonder if he's going to go Maybe a little bit stronger Than people might anticipate
2: I don't know. I, you know, he, he, we, when we just when we think he's going to do this, he goes on about he, he just wants to rejuvenate the energy in the team, and he'll know that we mm. there was a, there was a lot of energy expended against Salzburg, even though it ended quite comfortably. I think Firmino needs taken out of the fray a little bit here, and I think there's a case for. I don't know. You could you can you can you can riddle it many different ways. You could give Origi, certainly post his derby game deserved another another start. Shaqiri could could deserve a start. And put Salah central. So I think there's a strong possibility that Firmino's dropped out. I also think one of Wijnaldum and Henderson could be dropped out for to allow Chamberlain to come back in. I wouldn't surprise
3: if Henderson, but no for Firmino. If you were play if you're playing, but if you've got a striker who hasn't scored the goal nowhere, yeah, he hasn't got any confidence. Good you're Playing bottom of the league at home, I'd leave him in. I I'd, poss- I'd possibly take Mane out and just say, listen, you've been phenomenal for us. Just have a little breathe. Put in his place or put Chiquidi in his place, maybe. But I'd leave, I'd leave Firmino there and I'd say to him as well, don't be worrying about doing too much work. I want you to get on there and get get a couple of goals. maybe You know what he's like for me? Mm. As soon as he knocks one in, he'll end up scoring an there from the halfway line or something like he'll that. He'll probably
4: do, do you- probably do more damage taking him out. Exactly.
2: Than, 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 you could be right. Him in. I don't know. I mean, yeah, I think you could, I could, you could look at it. But that's the, the but thing. You could look at mind. it either way. There's options there. Yeah. You could bring him in for the last half hour against tiring legs and let him get a yeah. goal. I do, to, to me, I, just, I mean, I personally, I, I think I'm on the verge of putting him. Uh, to Bermuda for a month and give him a proper holiday and say let's have him for the second half of the season. He's not quite, I mean his goal record recently is not good, isn't it? Was it 1 in 14, something like that? Mm -hmm. Something really, really poor for him. And although he always contributes, it's not quite at the same level.
1: Uh, Score prediction,
2: Dan? Uh, 3-0 Liverpool. 3-0 Liverpool. 4-0 Liverpool. 4
1: Excellent stuff. Three and a half average. Uh, (laughs) Sadly, not possible. Uh, Anyway, thank you very much indeed to Kieran, to Kev, to Rob, and to Dan. It has been uh, your show this week. Hope you've enjoyed yourself. Take it easy.
7: Sports Social Podcast Network.